Okay, welcome back to the Revel Podcast with Robbie and Cindy. We're just going to call it the Revel Podcast because it turns out the Mom and Son Podcast is already taken. We're not going to steal it from those other people. Uh, but it is a mom and a son, and we talk about <laughs> different things. I'm Robbie. That's Cindy. Hi. Okay. <clears throat> got a topic for today. But first off, I want to talk real briefly about how I'm getting real sick of living in a pandemic. <laughs> and we were just talking earlier about how it's like always being under the constant threat of some authority figure yelling at you. It's the same feeling of like, every time you go outside, you're like, oh man, I, can I do this? And can I do that? And like, even when I watch TV now, and it's like something old, like whatever, and just somebody's like interacting with somebody in person, I'm like, yo, yo, you are way too close. <laughs> and why are you guys touching each other? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, um. well, I had brought up the, that feeling of just like, like someone in authority wants to talk to you and the first thing that you do or like I did was go oh god what what did I do wrong or yeah. or what ha what could they possibly have to complain about and it turned out it wasn't that at all um but that's kind of how I feel and and frankly I'll be glad if I'm if I if it turns out that I've worried about this for nothing um which I don't think is going to happen because people are dying all over the place but um yeah it's such a weird weird science fiction movie like there's b movies like this like some virus gets out and yeah well there's apparently an a movie called contagion i think oh maybe and it paralleled this very closely just the same type of it's the way viral outbreaks happen i guess i'm just like i just wanted to bring that up real quick i'm real tired of it because it's real easy to say like oh no i'm fine you know i'm doing whatever and in a sense yeah we're all doing fine we still got enough to eat and we yeah. got homes and whatever. And like, especially our particular situation, well, my particular situation, it's like, even economically, it doesn't affect me. So it's easy to be like, oh yeah, man, there's, you know, those fines, whatever. But it takes its toll after a while where you're yeah. just like, man, I can't do anything without having to think about it first. Yeah. It's a, it's a constant sense, uh, source of stress. Yeah. Like it's just, even the kids are feeling it. Like, like my grandsons, your nephews, you know, they're still it's, it affects their every day. Yeah. Things that they would just as kids just go do. Yeah. Like they don't get to see their friends. You know, occasionally they'll meet somebody like one other child in a park where they're skateboarding or something so that they don't, you know, but they can't hug. They can't do all the stuff they did before. And while they're learning, they're learning how to entertain themselves. They're learning how to be good brothers together and not constantly be... <laughs> jealous or fighting but that's just it's not uh, the aside from the virus this constant sense of threat like there's a constant threat yeah 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 and and lots of people feel that all the time but it's not real it's just stuff we worry about now we've got something real yeah to worry about yeah i don't know yeah for the i'm sick of it too for the people who are actually in economic distress too can you imagine how much worse oh, yeah. it is. Anyway, okay, I just wanted to quickly vent about that and then commiserate with everybody else because everybody yeah, has to Yeah, so it. for anybody <laughs> out there who is suffering not just this threat, but economically, or, or you have some real experience with the virus itself, man, you got our compassion. Um, okay, so but anyways, the topic for today was going to be and is still okay i got this comment from somebody 
basically it amounted to saying, oh, you guys still, first of all, there's, there was a lot of problems with the comment, <laughs> a lot of factual errors. It's like, oh, you guys still live with your parents. Like you guys are ridiculous. Okay. The thing, first of all, there's so many, so many angles that there's I can so many- start this at from. First of all, it's not the case. I do live with you. Yes. But we share all the expenses. I want to get that out of the way. Like I, I feel like I can just keep ignoring it. Yeah, but it's there. But I want to like shout people down so much, but it's like you don't want to feed the trolls like that. Anyways, we split all of the expenses. Yes. This and- is not a situation where I live at home and I'm bumming off of my mom. Yeah. If well- I wasn't living here... I you would have not. lots of difficulties paying for things. That, in <clears throat> fact, I think that's the part that annoys me when I see those comments the most is that if it weren't for you and your brother, I would, I don't know where I'd be. I, I, I certainly couldn't live in this house. You know, I took a risk on a business venture, bigger, not the Revel Fitness, but a much bigger business venture in real estate just as the real estate market crashed and lost everything I had all my savings, my home was sold. And if it weren't for you and your brother, I, I would, well, I'd have to be living with a, str- with a stranger as a roommate. Fortunately, you and I live in the same city and you needed a roommate. I needed a roommate. You probably could have made it on your own. I couldn't have made it on my <laughs> own. So when people say you live with your mom, it's much more accurate to say, I let my mom live with me. So from a factual perspective, you know, I, I, I'm not ashamed of that fact. In fact, I'm very proud of you that you're a great son and let me live with you. <laughs> but for people to make it sound like you're not doing some socially decided thing. Yeah. And that's the bigger part of the okay, discussion yeah. we want to so have today. The, there, there's two parts of that that are just so weird that that's a thing. A... It's weird that that there would be something wrong with living with your parents in the first place, okay? Just like the way that we're living together yeah. now. If you think that's weird and there's something wrong with it, I, I think that's weird that there's a problem with that. But it's, it, I mean, I understand it perfectly. In our society, that is looked down upon. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, you live with your parents. Maybe some of my good friends, they're like, isn't it? Shouldn't Robbie move out? I'm like, if Robbie moves out, I'm in trouble. But why should he have to move out? That's, that's the thing is why... Why is there that decision made yeah. in this country? Because in lots of countries, this would be like, like if we lived in China or we lived in India or we lived in Bali, yeah. this would be perfectly normal. Okay. So before we get real deep into it, but the B part of that yeah. is this is the thing that's even more weird is say that it was, I was just living with you. Yeah. Okay. I wasn't paying any rent, paying any utilities. And I was cooking and for you and cooking, cleaning. Yeah. And you were doing everything for me. For somebody to point that out specifically and use that as an attack, what are they getting out of that? Like, has it occurred to people that some people have different strengths and weaknesses and they might be on different levels of development in different parts of their life? So if you look at a channel on YouTube that has 100,000 subscribers, which we do now. Ooh, I'm so excited for 129. And 129. Yeah. And people are really enjoying their videos and they're putting some actual good into the world. Maybe they have like, you know, like in a character builder, you have different bars and some bars are really high. So your bar of entertaining people on YouTube is really high. But say your bar of living independently and being able to take care of yourself is really low. Maybe they just haven't developed that bar yet 
and they feel bad about it in the first place, why are you pointing that out as if that one thing that they haven't personally developed to a level that's on the standard of everybody else somehow negates every other bar that they have? Yeah. Yeah. Like as if, like as if there's some, like there's some rule. Like there's a rule you got it. You, you're breaking the rule. Yeah. Now you're just breaking the rule because you haven't, you know, instead of saving your money or whatever, um, gone out and got your own apartment, let it sit empty while you're traveling, you know, whatever your decision making is, you've broken the rule. And apparently there are people who feel better about themselves when they tell you what you're doing wrong. Mm. And I think that happens a lot. But I do also think there's some social rules that people are just adamant about making sure people follow it or telling people when they don't follow. I'll give you an example. It's a very similar one. Uh, someone that I used to know, his parents moved from Indiana to another state and he didn't go visit their new house. And for a couple of years, his sisters were just like, when are you going to go visit mom and dad? When are you going to go visit mom and dad? Why? You haven't even seen their house. Like as if there's some rule that if someone from your family moves to another state, <laughs> you have to go and visit and see that new home. And it's just so arbitrary. That is really bizarre. But it was yeah. a sense, a source of stress in their relationship. To, to this day, I don't know if he's ever gone, but <laughs> probably not. Um but why is it that 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 you would ever feel like you've accomplished something by pointing that out? Yeah. Let's say it were a valid rule. You know, after a while of saying you need to go and they're going, I'm not going, then you you should just give up. Yeah. <laughs> like why is that why is that your job to to do that? You know, we talked a little bit, it's related, but not exactly the same, but like we denigrate certain jobs that are absolutely whatever, vital, vital. and even if they're not vital, they're at least things that the people who are denigrating them need somebody to do. Yeah. Like, like you work at Starbucks and you got people who are willing to pay $5 for a cup of coffee, but you aren't worthy if that's the job you have, even though you need that job in the world. You need yeah. somebody doing that job. I, 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 I'm not sure why we have such a sense of needing, needing to put other people down for any of those reasons. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem, for me, it just doesn't seem to have the payoff. Yeah, that, that's the real question. It'd be it's like if I go up to somebody else and I'm just like, oh, I can't believe you haven't gotten in shape yet. How have you not gotten in shape yet? Yeah. Like, it, who cares? Yeah. Like, they may or may not be working on it, but why is that what you're choosing to focus on? And, you know, I... Yeah. I, I almost wonder if... Because a lot of times when people complain about something, not complain about something, but put somebody else down for something is often, and it's so weird that this is the case, a sign that they are the ones who are insecure about that yeah. in the first place. So they are 
or they maybe used to be insecure about it. Yeah, or maybe they had a situation exactly like what you are, but and wanted to stay in it, but cha- changed it because they didn't have the the clarity. I don't even want to say you know wherewithal. I just want to say clarity to to say. Yeah, I see that the you know that our society feels that way. I'm going to do something else. And because they couldn't make that decision, and maybe not about the same kind of thing, but about something that they they then find reasons to go, you know, but I was a you know, I was a mature adult. I I did that and and you didn't. And I think it's it, it might even just be like buyer's remorse almost <laughs> you know, or seller's know. remorse something you know i'm putting on my junior psychology hat um you know i i just think that there has to be something missing that causes people to do that you know we we, we talked about a little while ago earlier today about people not knowing what they're supposed to do not even really knowing what's what quote rules are right yeah causes a lot of strife and then people just find some outlet for that yeah because i i was saying that i think that a lot of the anger that you see online and just like this adamancy is adamancy a word i don't know adamant people being adamant people being adamant that you see online is just people not having a solid foundation of this is my place in the world. This is what I can contribute that makes me feel good and makes other people feel good. And that's, I, I sympathize with that. Empathize, sympathize. I can feel. You empathize. I empathize with that because it is a crappy thing when, you, when you're like, what am I even doing? Like this job I don't like is not good. And I, it's not helping, I mean, it's helping me enough that I can pay the bills, but it's not helping anybody else as far as I can tell. And I don't feel like I have a real purpose. So I can understand when you go online and you have some outlet, right? There's a little text box you can fill in and say, I know what's right about this and I'm going to tell everybody it's what, what's right. Even if it's factually wrong, it makes them feel better because they feel like they have some control over the world. Like, you know, the whole flat earth thing. Yeah. I feel like that whole mindset of, oh, I've got it all figured out. It turns out everybody else is wrong mm-hmm. is kind of like a self-soothing mechanism and where you've been playing by society's rules and it's gotten you nowhere and you're not happy with your life. You're not able to con- contribute. You don't feel like you're an actual, you know what I'm trying to say? Mm-hmm. It, if you are in that position and then you can say, oh, I found this thing. It turns out just society was wrong all the time. It's not my fault. I mean, it's not your fault anyway that you're in that situation, but it's not my fault that I'm in this situation where I don't have a purpose and I don't have any way to contribute. It's just that society has been wrong this whole time. Yeah. And I finally got the real answer. And it's like, a, I can imagine how that would make somebody feel better about their life. Like, oh, okay. It's just all been a conspiracy this whole time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know... I want to preface all this with saying I do think that mental health is a is 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 a is an issue in our society. I think mental health 
is not being addressed. I think a lot of it has to do with our food and how we live our lives. We don't get any sleep. And, you know, the research is really clear on all of those, quote, health reasons for not having a stable mental attitude. But the truth is you used a very good term, and that is self-soothing. It's like some people drink alcohol to self-medicate. Some people take drugs. Some people abuse sex. Some people just get online and stream or play or whatever, you know, porn or games or movies. Um, but I think... <laughs> kind of going all over the place. Yeah, <laughs> but I think whatever, whatever it is, however you self-soothe, I think that one of the ways of self-soothing is to get your anger out in a safe place, and the Internet appears to be that. You know, you can write anything. It's safe for them. Yeah, safe for them. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's safe for them to just, you know, verbally puke on everybody because somebody might come back, but they don't even have to read it if somebody says something back to them. Yeah. I think they like to often. Oh, but no, that's, yeah, they're, yeah, they're yeah. waiting for that. Yeah, um, because then they can say, let me show you how right I am and how wrong you are. Um I think part of being a mature human being is not having a need to do that. You know, when you've got a, a healthy self-concept, you've got a reasonably purposeful, fulfilling life, you don't have the need to always prove that you're right. In fact, it makes it a little easier to go, oh, crap, I was wrong. Oh, let, well, let me hear what you have to say and be able to digest it. You don't have to agree with what everybody says, but you don't have that need to attack. Yeah. Um, but I, I think internet comments are the are an, are an outlet for that. Yeah. You know what's frustrating, though, is when there are people who are just factually wrong. Yeah. It's like talking to somebody who just keeps saying, I know you are, but what am I? Like, why am I having this conversation? I've talked about this one a million times, but remember the killer instinct conversation on the bus? Old, old James Brown. <laughs> he, great dude, but <laughs> he's a really nice guy. But he, at the time, we were arguing that he just swore killer instinct was coming to the PlayStation. And I was like, that is factually incorrect. And I just, could, there's nothing I could do to convince him. That was, that was before the internet. So I couldn't just be like, blam. Yeah. No, there's still that going on. Even... Well, in fact, I had a conversation with one of my students today um, because, you know, I'm going to switch back to the virus for a little while. Um, you know, if you take the number of people who have gotten the virus and the number of people who have died, it's about 4%. And, and no disagreement there. But I was like, that means one in every 25 people who get it die. That, that sounds much worse than 4%. Yeah. You know, and she, and she just kept saying, I don't think that's right. That, that can't be right. I was like, well, it is right. And right now in our state, it's, and it's 4.8%. So it's even fewer than 25. I don't think that's right. So I'm like, I'm getting out the calculator. I'm going, 4% <laughs> means one in every 25. And I, I don't think she ever really, I mean, it was just, it's just math. Yeah. But if you don't know math, you're going to go, it's only 4%. That's yeah. not very much, but it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Statistics and math are one of those things. 
you know what's funny? <laughs> this is just kind of tangential. But when the virus first started happening, people were like, oh man, people, more people die of car accidents. I'm like, yes, true. Or whatever the number yeah. happens to be. It's irrelevant. Car accidents are not contagious. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so, that's the thing though, is that being a human, we're, this is like the biggest thing that I want to like just, shout from the rooftops and get us all to understand is we are all weak and stupid. (laughs) All of us are so busy defending ourselves lots of times for good reason. Like I'm defending myself about why I live here to some random person. I don't even know who it was. I just hit his comment. I was like, you're banned from the channel. (laughs) But, But everybody's, we're all so busy defending ourselves and clutching onto like this little piece of hill that we have that we think is the way that we think that's the answer because well frankly a lot of people are greedy so maybe it makes some sense that we've gotten to this point but we can't get past the point that where we all admit it's like oh man we are all weak and fragile and stupid and we can't see the whole picture and we think we're doing something right and then we check the time and we pour over our coffee (laughs) like we can't even do something as simple as that and we expect all of us to be on the same page about like statistics and all this stuff. Yeah. And that's what I think is super frustrating about the whole pandemic thing is that there's such a distrust of experts and people who know more than you. Like people are so in hurt or insulted or something that they suddenly have to have this adamancy yeah. <laughs> about everything to the point where even when somebody's telling you this is what we got to do it you have like a counter protest or a ma- mask protest <laughs> like oh they're taking away our freedoms i'm like you you have to wear clothes outside is it like so i can just go out without underwear on and just have my balls and my butt in your <laughs> face are you gonna be okay with that like my balls and my butt won't kill you a virus will it, yeah. it, it's, yeah. it's just really weird in the the fundamental lack of... Okay, but also to be clear, <laughs> I feel like 99% of people, if not higher, are on board with Yeah, and I think we it. hear because, yeah. a lot of the the naysays and all of that for because that's what, that's what makes news. Yeah. yeah. And the internet, man, it has changed things. And it's not just internet, it's the proliferation of smartphones. Because before smartphones became like everybody had one, not everybody got on the computer and got on the internet. Like even my friend Brendan, most technologically illiterate dude on the planet, like he actually has a smartphone and and gets on the internet now. Like when we were growing up, like a computer, he's like, I don't even know, what is a computer? (laughs) Is that a computer? (laughs) And now just everybody can get on and we got to find some way to reckon with that to where we can all, because it's... Yeah, we used to go to the encyclopedia to find something. So it was what was in the encyclopedias until they were published again. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And nobody argued that it was wrong. Yeah. No one said, no, well, that's not right. And, and, And there's an alternate set of facts that, you know, well... Alternate facts. I love that. Um... But there was some reality. There was some truth. Shared reality. Shared reality. Yeah, our shared yeah. reality has been kind of broken lately. Yeah. And the internet and the, ava- the well, even, even my 83-year-old mom 
Google stuff on her phone. She thinks to Google stuff before I do. <laughs> and, you know, and I work in a senior center. Like, it's an activity center, which we are trying to be so careful because we opened back up. Um, but we don't want anybody to get sick. But half of the people who come, and, and we've finally got them to get their masks on, the only reason they're wearing their masks is because if they don't, and the health department comes in and sees us people walking around with no masks on, then we could be shut down, and then they can't come. So they're like, oh, crap, I'm wearing my mask. Because they've gotten on the internet and read things that said, you know, it's no worse than the flu. It's, you know, yeah, it, you know, if you're not very healthy and they all think they're perfectly healthy, even though some of them are walking with walkers and breathing with oxygen, you know, <laughs> like, no, you're not, you're not, you're at risk. Yeah. You know? I was just on a trip out into the mountains of West Virginia and as I was walking, I was thinking about how you can make a mistake and still have the sense that there's a reset button and somehow you can redo it. I was actually thinking about our trip to Mexico and I was just like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I was just thinking, I was like, man, it would have been so much better if you just went by yourself. I think that all the time. Every time I think of that trip, I think I should have just gone by myself. Yeah. I don't know why I took you I with don't me. either. And it's like, I wish I could have taken that back so much. And it's almost in my head that you I still can. Yeah. But no, you can't. No. But the the line between that making that mistake and not making that mistake is the size of an atom. You know? There's no it's so arbitrary. Like there wasn't there was like this big middle gray area. It's either yes or no. Yeah. You go or you don't go. Yeah. And that's such a simple thing. And then the same way, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm perfectly healthy, blah, 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 blah. And then as soon as you get the virus, like, man, I wish I had wore, or worn a mask. Or like you're driving in a car and you've got a seatbelt. Well, by the way, seatbelts are mandatory. And people rose a stink about it, but everybody got over it because it's like for the common good. Anyway, you wearing that seatbelt or not, the moment your car hits another car, you're going to have that moment of why didn't I, I just, just wear, wear that seatbelt? Seat for that split second before you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And then the funny part about this, I brought my drone and I was like, okay, I'm going to fly it. I had already gotten a couple of shots successfully. I even had one where I got it through the trees very carefully. And then I was sitting there and then saw a blue open sky in front of me, launch a drone. And it was sitting there. I was like, okay, blue sky drone. Let me just shoot it straight up, get it out of the way of the trees. Then I can start doing it. So I shot it straight up to a branch that was directly <laughs> above me that I didn't see. <laughs> and I said, boop, and I was like, man, here it comes. And then it dropped 20 feet, blam, hit the ground and broke. And it was just, I regretted it, and I was like, there's nothing that can be done now. Yeah. If that decision has been made and the action has been completed. So once you get that virus, there's no taking it back or being careful. Yeah, there, there isn't. And I, one of my pet peeves right now is people saying things like, well, then you get it and, you, and it's over with. And and I said that at the beginning. I was like, I just want to get it and get it over with. Yeah. Um, and then you made the comment like, you know, what if it knocks you down for the next four years? Yeah. Because we don't know. The, the one that's bothering me a lot right now is when people say, you know, it's okay for the kids to go back to school because it doesn't really affect kids. Like we only have six months of information on this virus. 
How do you know what it's going to do to kids 10 years from now, one year from now, 20 years from now? Yeah. You know, they, they might all like get Alzheimer's at age 22 because they had this virus or something. You know, we just, you, and then that's, that's a you know bizarre thing to say, but we just don't know. So don't tell me it's okay for kids to be exposed to it. That's just, well, it's stupid to say that when we, when we don't have information and we can't have information. It's not like this virus popped up 40 years ago and we've got 40 years of history on it. We don't. Yeah. We just don't. So I don't know. I don't know how we got on that, but how did we get here? I don't know, but that, that's enough about it. It's like yeah. people hear about this crap enough already. Yeah. I solicited questions. Oh, okay. Well, let's do them. And I just chose some ones that I either thought had been asked multiple times by people or that I thought looked interesting. This is not all of them. If you didn't get your question answered, just feel free to ask again. Um, this one, just give me the cliff notes. But, um, and I'll, I'll, anyways, Malto said, how she met, how you met my dad. Oh. Well, and if you story. ever visited China, okay. but I think he, he doesn't know that he's from Taiwan. So. Okay. Um, so I was an undergraduate student. Your dad came at, at Iowa state. Your dad came to Iowa state to do his PhD program. And the weekend before school started, my sister was having a garage sale and I was helping her and your dad came looking for furniture and he was really cute. I offered to help. I had a, I was driving a bus at the time and one of my older ladies who rode my bus all the time was always saying, I have this brand new living room chair on my porch that somebody gave me. If you want it, you know anybody who wants it. So I told your dad and we went to get, get it together and... And a romance began. <laughs> Didn't you also ride there on roller skates or something? I did. <laughs> yeah, it was Ames, Iowa, and I lived on the west side, and my sister lived on the east side, and I didn't have a car, so I had rollerblades, and so I rode. It took me like an hour and 20 minutes to rollerblade there. Rollerblades? Yeah, rollerblades. Huh. Yeah. I guess they did have rollerblades then. Was, was that the like 1980? Yeah, it was the 80s. Like, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... And then you did go to China or Taiwan. At I some did. Point. I did. Um, the very next summer, the um, there was a like a I can't even know what you call it, but like a, a program for college students to go to Taiwan. So your dad and I had been living together. He um, we saw that, and I was like, okay, that's a great opportunity for me to go. So I went, and he gave me a letter in Chinese to give to his little friend or his friend. Little Mr. Chen is compared to Big Mr. Chen. There's two, and one is really short. So Little Mr. Chen, for him to introduce me to your grandma and grandpa. And so turned out that the place I was staying was like literally around the block. You know, I could see their apartment house from my hostel that I was staying in. And um, it was like a cultural exchange. Why didn't he go too? He was uh, in school. Oh. oh. Yeah. So he did eventually come. He came at the end of the month. Um, but, so we got there and they didn't speak English. I didn't speak Chinese, but so Nanai and I are like using sign language, this or that. And I hear little Mr. Chen say, this is your son's student. And I was like, well, that's not exactly right. <laughs> so we'd been living together almost a year. So I guess maybe it was, it was two summers. I can't remember how long it was, but anyway, um, so when your dad got there, I was really happy to see him. His, his, I'd been to see his parents every day after that. And your night I was always making really great food and 
cutting up mangoes and all that stuff. And your dad came. And so I was like, so why did you have Mr. Chin tell your mom and dad that I was his student? And he goes, all my mom and dad know about American girls is what they see on Three's Company. <laughs> he said, I think it'd be a little easier if they got to know you and liked you first before I say, I'm going to marry her. And, um, and then I left and went home. And when he came home, your grandma had given him my, her engagement ring to give to me as an engagement ring. So I, oh. I won them over. <laughs> cool. <Yeah. laughs> okay, so... Uh... Adrian wants to know what the story on that happiness is a choice painting. Did you paint that in a class or something? I did. I went to um, painting with a twist with some friends. Um, Liz, the one that, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, Liz, um, and a couple of others. And that's not actually what it said. I can't remember now what it said, but I didn't think it was <laughs> good. <laughs> it, I didn't think it was good enough, but I liked the painting and they said, well, write anything you want. And then I just put that because that is how I believe, even when I'm in my down times. I'll only stay down for a while, and I'm like, oh, I'm tired of that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to be happy. Um, and, so, and I do think it's a choice, so it fits me very well. Well, uh, just real quick, any naysayers on that? It's not, it's, of course, excluding clinical depression or any yeah. physical ailment yeah. that makes you unable yeah. to be happy. Yeah, I, I am fortunate, blessed, whatever you want to say, with a constitution that unless I'm eating a lot of sugar or things that make my body feel bad, I'm pretty happy and optimistic all the time. Having said that, when I am doing those things, I, I use the F word a lot. In fact, recently, (laughs) recently I just, I was, it was, you know, with the pandemic and, you know, all the stuff and we were trying to, you know, get all the classes at the center streamed and all that frustration and I couldn't stop saying the F word. And, and you were like, mom, you just got to stop saying that. It's not right to hear my mom saying that all the time. It is weird because I'll say it all the time. Oh, yeah. And in front of you. Yeah. But just for some reason, when it comes from you, I'm just like, that's distasteful. <laughs> you know, but there are times when there is no better word. That's true. Yeah. yeah you just got to use it. Um. Well, that leads into the next question. Baxter says, do either of you have any big regrets if you're willing to share? That I didn't have you go to Mexico by yourself is one. That is definitely one. My biggest one is when I broke my hand. Mm-hmm. I It was in eighth grade and I was playing basketball. And I was trying to look cool. I missed the layup and I punched the padded wall, popped these two bones and, I, poof, and they popped up. The regret was worse than the pain by far. The pain was pretty intense. It was just like this, like you just got kicked in the gonads like that type of debilitating pain. But just the fact that I had broken my hand, I was like, Oh God, what have I done? And it's actually, it's to this day, my right hand is still smaller than my left. It's very annoying Yeah, because I'm (laughs) right-handed. That's my biggest regret that I can think of. I remember when we went to get that x-ray and we were at ortho Indy and apparently one of those was like a triangular. Yeah. There's like a triangle, a triangle button bone. I mean, and it, and, and it just popped up. So it was like this triangle sticking up out of your hand. And, and I regret about that that I kept saying it was swollen, but you kept saying it doesn't really hurt. doesn't really hurt. doesn't really hurt. And it took me two days to take you to the hospital because it, the swelling didn't go down. So that, you know, you couldn't see that your hand was just really big, but you could see it on the x-ray and the doctor just kept going, Hey, come and look at this. Hey, come, 
was just like I don't remember that. Oh, really? Yeah. There were nurses and other doctors coming in, like you know, have you ever seen anything like this? Because it just popped right up, and they had that's you know they went in and put it back wired, down, put yeah, it back down, wired it, it down, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was two pins in my hand. It was pretty crazy. When they re- removed the cast to like refresh it or whatever, you could just see two pins sticking out. And I say pins, but they're like nails, nails <laughs> in there with like a little ball at the end. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, do I have any regrets? <sighs> yeah, all my regrets are, are things like injuries and stuff. Like when I went up that ladder, for the you know i'd been trying to put those oh so that happened during the vlog yeah yeah so if you guys remember like in 2015 not long after maybe 16 after i started the vlog came back home from yellowstone and you had broken your foot yeah and and what i regretted is not so much that i broke my foot what i regret and which i've tried to learn from is that right before i went up the ladder that time i was tired I had just eaten pizza, which I know is not good for me, and that'll make me feel bad. I'd been drilling, standing on a ladder that wasn't tall enough, drilling into iron beams all day long, attaching these things to have things hanging from it. And right before I went up, I went, I am so tired. I probably shouldn't do this. I can just wait till tomorrow. It's only, it's the last one. I can just finish it in the morning before the class tomorrow night. And my optimistic side went, oh, come on, it's one more, just get it done, and then you're done. And I got up there, I started drilling, and the next thing I know, I was on the floor. And, and I knew immediately that I'd broken my foot. You know, broke three stupid bones. <laughs> just stupid. <laughs> you know how when you go get something x-rayed, the technician's going, you say, well, did I break something? They're like, oh, you know, you don't need to talk to the doctor. <laughs> the next tech rate technician came out and said... Oh man, you boogered that up really good. <laughs> like, well, I'm, yeah, I those were clean splits. Yeah. Like they were just. Pfft. Yep. Yeah. But that's what I'm talking about is like humans are fragile and stupid. Yeah. Yeah. We're just fragile, stupid, and weak. And the sooner we can all get on the same page, the sooner we can like support each other. Yeah. Instead of just this, like, why are you stupid and fragile and weak? And I'm not. Yeah. And it's like, actually you are too, just in different ways from the other person. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, whether you believe in God, you believe in the universe or, you know, just spontaneous combustion that caused us. The fact of the matter is that we are communal, social beings. We're, we're made to help each other. Yeah. You know, that we're just how we've done what we've done. Yeah. Like for better or worse. I mean, what we've accomplished is because people do it together. Yeah. Yeah. Like if one person had to do all this, the, the, planet would be totally fine. I yeah. mean, the planet's going to be fine anyway, but... <laughs> yeah, it's the people that might not be yeah. so fine. Well, I, I actually want to go back to the question, though, because um, I just do want to talk about regrets, and this is just my philosophy of life, but as I look back, everything that I've ever done, including falling off the ladder, um, but all my other, you know, business decisions, romantic decisions, you know, everything things that I felt like came from outside of me, like where whoever made the decision has as bad as I thought it was at the time, it has always led to better things down the road that I might never have been able to do. Like, like, yes, I did used to be an executive at a big real estate company. I was a senior VP. I was making, you know, six digits, blah, blah, blah. I was never so happy as I am now. Like, 
I am doing what this this person was meant to do. I help people dance. I help people help people. I I get to spend time with my grandkids. Even now, lots of time. It's I've only seen them once since the pandemic, um, but I see them on FaceTime regularly. I spend time with you. I spend time with my friends, however that can be, and I am just happy. I I realized. I don't need six digits as an annual income in order to be happy. I don't need a big house. I just need a reasonably safe, cozy place that I can live and afford and the ability to do what makes me feel good. Um, My friend Emily and I were talking this weekend about her job search. And she's like, I have a job that I'm good at and I like, but I don't love it. And it doesn't pay enough. And I'm at the top of where I am, so I'm not sure I can go any further. And she said, so now I'm looking for a job that pays better that I don't hate. And and I have to admit, not everybody gets to find a job that they love that pays enough for them to live the way that they choose to live. And she's not living extravagantly by any stretch of the imagination. Um, But I, I I I think regrets are a waste of time. I don't go so far, I say it, but I don't really, I don't believe it's exactly true that everything happens for a reason. But I think everything that happens, you can use either to learn something or as a stepping stone or to find something you didn't even know you, you would needed or wanted. So I, I try not to have regrets. And my only regrets really have to do with injuries and <laughs> that kind of weird stuff. Yeah, and on general, in general, I don't really regret things I've done, like decisions I've made, just, just real stupid stuff that I'm like, that was easily avoidable. Yeah. Not punching that wall. Like, I'm sure I could have, there's good things that have probably come out of it, but I'd rather those good things not have come out and not have to have broken my (laughs) hand. Okay. S asks, should good acts of kindness be done in silence? With the pervasiveness of social media, it is common to see individuals exploit kindness for self-promotion or publicity. Do you believe that the intention to help others should be pure, no expectations for praise? What if the intention is shallow but has a net positive effect? Is there a specific point where too much publicity retracts from the actual good deed, or should all good deeds simply be perceived as good deeds? That is a heck of a question. I just think in general, in general, if you do if you do something good, whether it's public or private, like I think it's, it's a good thing, okay, yeah. whether it's public or private. And even if the motives aren't there, as long as what you actually did is good, no problem. Yeah. Like, you're kind of a scum for using that to, like, just boost your publicity. But like I said before, we're all stupid and weak, and everybody's got their shortcomings. So if they're doing something good, even if it's out of a selfish means... I'm not going to fault that. Like, especially when billionaires or millionaires, they donate money and the people are like, that'd be like you donating $27. I'm like, true, but we can get to their greed a little bit later. The fact that they donated something is still a step in the right direction. I'm not going to poo-poo that. Yeah. Yeah. I I am of exactly the same thing. For me, if I do something good, I'm just going to bring it home. If I do something good... um, it, it just depends on how it happened as to whether I tell anybody I did it or not. Um, I think sometimes expressing the joy that you received out of doing that or 
the the joy that you gave away letting other people know that you can get that feeling is not a bad thing yeah you know it, it might entice someone else to do something good like whatever but even if you if you wanted to be purely clinical about it every time you do something good your motive is technically selfish it's to make you feel better yeah um or it's to get you publicity or whatever. So so you can never really be altruistic. That That's, there was a friends episode. There, about just that. what I was getting ready to yeah. say, there's a friends episode, you know, like it's it doesn't it 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 doesn't it doesn't matter. Good is good. Um Well that's that's also the whole point. It's like when you're doing it with another person, you both feel good. So you're giving and getting at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I mean doing it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, yeah, I think I think that's true. Is there a point at which the publicity m- makes it not a good thing? I don't know. I, I can't I can't imagine that that you can. I'm sure there's scenarios where it could be the case. I, I but suppose. In general, I can't, I'm trying to think of something like, like you help someone become famous and then their life goes to crap because they're famous. You know, maybe that. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anything. In general, I think there is a, not enough good being passed around in the world. I don't think that's true, though. Yeah, you're probably right. Actually, now that I said it out loud, I don't believe it either. Um, but I but I always think there's room for more. There we go. There's yeah, always there room for go. Jello. Yeah, yeah. Um, that it, well, it's kind of like, um, you know, love. Like, is there so much love in the world that we want to say some kinds are wrong? Is there so much charity in the world that we that we want to say some kind is wrong? Or is there so much um, selfless acts, so many selfless acts, that we want to say some of them are wrong? I, I, I think probably not. That's my opinion. I don't know if it's, you know, there's no way for it to be right or wrong. But Okay, well, just one more quick thing. I feel like bragging about something... Do people actually still do that? Like after you're like 20 years old or older, maybe a little older, like 25 or older, do you still brag about things? Okay. How am I going to say this without being political? But do you, have you listened to our president ever? (laughs) Yes. People still do that when they're adults. I just find it weird. Yeah, I do too. And I'm, I, I have frankly, and I, my, my friends that are anti-Trump will probably, I mean, that are, yeah, that are anti-Trump won't like me saying this, but I have a lot of compassion for that guy. That must be a really difficult way to live your life, to be that unhappy and that insecure. What's like we got just the dude is a madman. Like the dude is a damaged person and somehow he's in the most powerful position. And it's just really annoying because like I want the person in the most powerful position doing things like, oh, handling a pandemic, because that's what the government's for is, you know, to handle things that we can't handle as individuals. Yeah. Get my roads fixed, man. <laughs> Make sure I don't, don't have to go outside without getting a virus. <laughs> you know, I don't care what else you have done. Like, anyway. Yeah. That's. Yeah. I but I'm sorry. I, I didn't, I, I didn't make, mean to make it political, but when you ask, do <laughs> well, people still do that? It's not a political yeah. thing. It's, yeah, it's just a human, okay. humanity thing. Okay. <clears throat> Jason asks, what are two things that each of you can think of that make you the happiest? And I will answer first because I saw this question ahead of time and I, I know for me, 
the two things that make me the happiest and like I define the happy happiness as when I'm just like, oh yes, okay, it is okay to be not okay, but it's like the most where I'm like, okay, I'm glad to be a human. You know, like in the yeah. turtles movie, and it's like, God, I love being a turtle. Yeah. It's like, God, I love being a human. <laughs> is when I'm on my run and then the right song comes on on and then I'm just running and that, that song's playing and it's a perfect moment. Nobody's asking me to do anything. That nobody cares what I'm doing. I'm just, it's just me and that music and it's perfect. And the second feeling is pretty similar to that actually, but it's when I'm making a song and then it finally clicks and then I'm listening to what I just created or playing along with it as I'm recording it. The two best feelings in the world. Okay. And here's what comes out of you when that happens. Not only about the running because I'm not out there, yeah. but this is, ha ha! <laughs> Yes. Yeah. No. I, I hear that every once in a while. Yeah. I know. I was. I know. Right then, <laughs> some sounds good. Has that furrowed brow kind of thing. Yeah. 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 I would say I mine are pretty simple. Nothing makes me happier than dancing, and it can be the same song over and like I have a class they just want me to do oldies all the time like you know we got to put some new ones so that two years from now we'll have some oldies <laughs> but I don't care because I I love to dance I've liked to dance since I was a toddler in my grandpa's bar and people would put music on the jukebox and I would twist I'm yeah. like I I just love that feeling of you know moving your body to the music however that might happen and the second thing um Currently, it's my grandchildren, but it's always been watching or interacting with babies and toddlers and young children, which is why I liked teaching school. Um, there is something so, you know, watching them, watching them figure out something and their little brains and their bodies are just ah, like there's a, one of my favorite videos of my older grandson, Everett, is... Um, He's got these, they're bowls, they're wooden, and they're different colors and different sizes. And he keeps trying to put the big green, blue one into the little green one. And he's just like, keeps trying it and trying it. And, you know, he's not crying or anything, but it's like a three or four minute video. And he drops one of them. And when he picks it up, he drops the green one, he picks it up, it accidentally goes into the green one. And then he's like, his eyes get really big and he takes it apart. I can't remember if he does it once or twice, but then it, he, he drops it again or he, he starts trying to put it in the other way again and it doesn't work. And then he flips it and puts it in. He looks right at his mom who's taking the camera and goes, ha, <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, yes. Something about watching children learn is, oh gosh, it's just so fulfilling. So fulfilling. Huh. There, there's no... No contriving, nothing. They're just, they're just doing what they're born to do is learn stuff. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think the spirit of happiness for me is when there's no contriving is a good word. Yeah. There's no scheming. Yeah. The times when I am the least happy and hate everything about existence is like when I'm scheming. Like that's something I've been trying to and pretty successfully, I guess, but try to get away from is like, Oh, how am I going to say this? How am I going to approach this sub subject with this person 
and do this and like thinking about how I'm going to do it. Oh, what if I word it like this, then I'm technically not lying or something, blah, blah, blah. You know, just those type of interactions. Those are the times when I'm the least happy when I'm just like, this is the worst or times when I'm self-conscious about something. Complete unselfconsciousness is like the best happiness. Yeah. 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 I agree with that. I agree with that. When when you just forget about everything else and you're just like, oh, just it's just me and this feeling right here and this is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's um like over the weekend my friend came and we did the LeBlast convention virtually. Um so we were literally dancing every day, all day long for four days. And at one point, um, in a class where it was like really instruction, they were talking about how to get a really good workout because it's a dance fitness program is the same way to dance really well. And that's to be, you know, mental, physical, spiritual, the whole thing. Um, and one of the trainers said, and I don't remember who she said told her this, but it was like, your head is the the mental part. It does the thinking, it does the planning, it does the this or that. Your arms and legs are the doers. They do the physical part. But your torso is your emotional area. And she was just saying that we, you know, if you're moving with the music, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, a sexy salsa or it's a waltz or it's a, you know, whatever it might be. And the next class suddenly I just felt like for the first time, Emily and I were actually like really dancing and suddenly our arms were doing stuff that we didn't, we weren't even doing it on purpose, but we were so expressive. And by the, when we got finished, it was, it was such a satisfying feeling that we had gotten the whole thing together. And I think that's, that's what happiness is, is when, when, when you're totally engaged with your whole self, not just your brain, not just your emotions, not just your body, but but your whole being, your spirit, everything is all operating in the same on the same thing. And there's not some piece out here doing that or, you know, worrying about what somebody else is doing or worrying about what somebody thinks about what you're doing. But if you can get that all working at one time, that's that's humanity in my opinion. Okay. All right. So Jay asks, this is a final question. Um, doesn't have to be the end of the podcast, but <laughs> Jay says, how do you keep from eating after 8 p.m.? So this is something I specifically meant to bring up in the vlog and or not the vlog, the podcast. And this is the first time we've been able to do it. I was out for a run and it finally hit me. I was like, dude, I know how to make this happen. We've been trying not to eat after 8 p.m. for a while. Well, for you, 7 p.m., whatever. Trying to not eat at night. There's yeah. no reason to eat at night. Right. And there's lots of reasons not to. Yeah. Just like humanity wouldn't exist. If you could, if you needed to eat at night, humanity would be, would be dead or we'd be like ferocious. Yeah. Like we would have claws and we'd just be ripping tigers up and we'd be a different species than we are. <clears throat> Anyways, I was running and I was like, oh my God, I got it. Put $50 in a bowl like this. And if I eat after 8 p.m., I have to pay you that $50 and refill the bowl with another $50. Mm-hmm. And it just, we've been doing it for about a month now. It is a hundred percent foolproof yep. for the eating so far. Yeah. I added on to that for me, uh, by midnight I'm in bed, not playing on my cell phone anymore. So it's all honor system. Like there, there's no checking on yep. this, but I finally, so anyways, for food, it's the easiest thing ever. That $50 is just enough money that it's painful 
but it's also not so painful that if you mess up, it's not going to be the end of the world. Yeah. But um, since we started doing it, haven't eaten after 8 p.m. Me too. It's, yeah. it's no problem. It's the easiest thing. And just when it's after eight, you, you can get hungry and you'd be like, man, I wish I could eat. But then you know that there's $50 on the line. Like, well, yeah. yes, I just got to wait. Yeah, there's never going to be, unless unless you didn't eat all day and you were going to eat a meal. Yeah. yeah. Like, I'd pay 50 bucks if I hadn't eaten all day and I wanted to have a meal. Yeah. But there's no snack. You know, what, some tablespoon of peanut butter? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's going to be worth 50 bucks. Yeah. At least not to me. Um, no, so it's worked really well. Do you want to tell your going yeah. to bed story? <laughs> so then going to bed, I added the 12 a.m. thing and then i get back from my trip the other day i got home in plenty of time i got home at like seven or eight probably eight and then i'm just doing my thing whatever and then i'm playing halo 3 it just released on pc and it's the first time we're playing in like 11 years and it's the best game ever i still love it so much we're having so much fun and the next thing i know it's after midnight and i'm like and just in my head i was like oh it's no big deal you know i just got back from a trip it doesn't really count and then i woke up in the morning and i was like well you got a call to make because I technically it was still like part of my trip or whatever, but I could have gone <laughs> to tried sleep. to justify yeah. it. I could have gone to sleep at 12 a.m. very easily. And since so I had to pay you the 50 bucks. Yep. Yeah. And it was it was painful. But what was good about it was that I know the 50 bucks is going towards you. Mm-hmm. So that can help you. So it doesn't feel that bad. Yeah. Now, if it had gone towards a political party I didn't like, then it would feel real bad. Yeah. And that would be that would be the ultimate foolproof. Foolproof. Yeah. I well, if if that's what was going to happen, I I wouldn't do that because I don't care what mistake I made. I don't want to pay money to a uh, a party I don't like or some charity I that's not really a charity or whatever. Um, I I would never do that. This I think the reason that it that it works so well for me is is just what you said. Like if I do it, I have to make a conscious decision that I'm going to spend 50 bucks for whatever it is. And not only am I going to do that, but then I got to put another $50 in. But if I do it, it goes to you. And so then you can use it for something frivolous, which is fun. But it's just funny how just such a, just a flimsy barrier makes all the difference because if there's no barrier like it's just totally random whether i'll have the willpower because there's will no willpower is not needed anymore yeah the willpower just is put into the 50 dollars, so willpower gets eroded and if slowly but surely your brain can convince you that it doesn't matter that much like don't worry about it i gotta do this for keeping my room cleaned up yeah just for whatever you want to do give yourself a reason that can offload the mental energy needed to fight the desire to do it yeah you know um we've read those research things on on willpower that willpower is a finite amount like your body has to have rest and food and everything to build willpower up so not eating at night is particularly difficult because you've made dis- you can only make so many decisions you can yeah. all day long after By the time, eight after yeah. your eight o'clock you need something else and and it can't be that you lock the refrigerator because you'll just unlock it. Yeah, it, yeah. Because we thought about putting a lock on the refrigerator. It can't be that you have someone else monitoring you. Like, I'd just be mad at you. Yeah, <laughs> like, I'd be like, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you or can, you just wouldn't, you just wouldn't yeah. tell. But, but what you do have to have is an honor system that you will 
like I'm not gonna lie to my kid. My kid's not gonna lie to me. Yeah. You know, you might have done that when you were little. <laughs> and <laughs> I probably also, did I'm voluntarily entering into yes. this. Yeah. So it's not like I'm being forced to do it. Yeah, exactly. That yeah, I think that's a big part of it too, is that it's it's something you want to do for something that's good for you. Yeah. So it makes it easy. But but that that threshold, like ten dollars wouldn't have done it twenty I'd have eaten a tablespoon of peanut butter once in a while. Yeah, ten dollars is not that big yeah. of a deal. Yeah. But fifty bucks is that's not insignificant. No, it's not. And you have to keep the fifty dollars in there. Yeah. So it's not you've lost fifty dollars already until you can one day just not need it, which will never happen. It will never happen. <laughs> so you're not paying for me. Yeah, fifty dollars for a lifetime of not having to eat well, after it. And it was funny yesterday when I when you said you got a judgment call, I was like, No, no, no give me the money. And I started to take the money out and say that you had to put more money in. And, and you said, well, that money's already gone. I'm not upset about that. So you paid me with Apple pay. <laughs> so you had to feel it. Going yeah. Out. You got to feel the pain. This is just a, this is just a surety, a bond like, yeah. that, that you'll pay me $50, yeah. which I think is better. You know, we keep that there. That's just the, like you insurance. have to, yeah, you have to have the pain of spending. At the time. Yeah. yeah. So like if, if you ever break it, you have to, either Apple Pay or put $50 in after yeah, I take Apple it out. Pay. I think yeah. that's, that works really well because then it's out of my account. Yeah. Yeah. I won't like that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, just offloading mental energy. I think that's one of the lessons I've learned lately. We'll, we'll wrap up in a second here, but uh, one of the things that I've been realizing lately is to not be too optimistic about certain things. Like if, if you have been shown over and 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 over again that you are not capable of doing this despite your best intentions, you have to find another way to do it because best intentions don't work. So we've been trying, the example I'm actually thinking in my head is um, <clears throat> uh, well, just anything, but like this, you I just always have it in my head like, oh, I'm going to do that perfectly next time. I know I can do this. I know I cannot eat after 8 p.m. And then just time and time again, like when it came push to shove, push came to shove, then I was like, oh, it doesn't matter that much. I'll just eat after 8. Or like if somebody's never on time for something, like just eventually you have to say, okay, they're never going to be on time. We have to find a new solution if we want them to actually get on time. Like just telling them or hoping that they'll finally get it together or yourself will finally get it together is just not going to work. Yeah. Some things I like, I don't know how we got the dishes under control, but I know that we did. Yeah. That one was weird because we didn't actually do any specific things. Didn't do any specific things. Well, we did. We were just like, okay, that's enough. We've just got to do it. Yeah. But there were two of us and unlike... Well, that is one thing that is unlike a, a normal re, um, roommate kind of situation. Like if I go to do dishes and yours are there, I almost always do yours. Not always, but a lot of times I'll just do yours too and vice versa. Um, you know, and, and we just thank each other for doing it. But I think that's what happened is there were two of us. Between the two of us, we could do it. And there wasn't the broken window syndrome. Like I'm yeah. not doing mine because you didn't do yours. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But, but for most things, like, like I really, I am, I, I am a messy person and I know it, you know, I'm just looking right now at my, my desk that you so thoughtfully cleaned up 
a month ago and now it's it's back to looking. It's just so weird because this is what I'm talking about with everybody's weak and stupid. Yeah. Is that is not only not an issue for me, it's like the opposite. It's like I revel in cleaning my stuff up. Yeah. You know, the revel podcast. (laughs) (laughs) But expecting people to be like you is stupid. It's even more stupid than we are stupid and weak. Well, and it's boring. It's boring, yeah. And it, yeah, it, I don't want everybody to be like me because I annoy myself sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> like nothing, nothing exciting would ever happen if it was left up to me. We'd all just be dancing and playing with babies yeah, all the time. Yeah, you know, that's what I was saying the other day. I was like, we wouldn't have houses if everybody was like me. Nobody would want to make houses. I'd be like, make a house, man. Let's use live. a hammer. God, oh God, I couldn't think of anything worse. You know. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll think about putting my 50 bucks up. If I get my room cleaned up, then s- Well, it's also just how important it is to you. It's not important. That's just it. Like like I read these things like, "Oh, you'll sleep better if your room's cleaned up." And I'm like, "Don't no, think so." It, it really has no impact at all. I sleep better <laughs> if I get up and go outside first thing in the morning, get some sun. And I don't drink caffeine in the after- afternoon, and I don't eat after seven o'clock. Yeah, actually, that's how I sleep well. Af- not eating after eight. Oh, okay. Well, this is about to run out of batteries. Check, check, one, two. I mean, this is about to run out of batteries, so we're just gonna have to end it. Okay. But thank you for watching. <laughs> we'll see you in the next one. <laughs>